Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. We are now just beginning session one of our Shadow Dark RPG game campaign set in the gloaming which is the setting the loose setting that is in cursed scroll number one from shadow dark shadow dark rpg if you're not familiar you can find links in the show notes below is a lightweight old school sensibilities with new mechanics kind of role-playing game so it's got a lot of systems that feel very much like 5e my players remarked that a lot of it felt like straight 5e mechanics, but with definitely an old school feel, a big focus on carrying what, how much stuff you can carry, how much your light sources matter, the dangers that lurk in the darkness, and a much refined set of rules for characters and character capabilities and things like that. Very cool role-playing game. I've now played two sessions of it. So I, we played the session last week, and then I had played a, a level zero gauntlet. Uh, campaign where we threw how many characters was it 18 characters or so 10 deaths 10 deaths and a bunch of characters that survived in a gauntlet where you throw level zero characters in a hard situation and see how many of them survive because they have very few hit points and so do level one characters has also very few hit points i think we have two or three hit points so we began our session last week with a session zero we went through the rules we talked a bit about shadow dark we had players build their characters we rolled a lot of stuff we used the, we have discord for it and we used avray to roll things like the starting abilities scores that was really fun and interesting it was actually it was really fun and it's it's always interesting to me because like from a from a from a design standpoint I'm not a fan of rolling for ability scores. And I know there's people like, oh God, we know we love rolling for ability scores. The problem is like a lot of groups that I know that have rolled for ability scores almost immediately come up with some rule to help avoid the randomness of ability scores. And if you're going to do that, why not just use something like a standard array? That a standard array is far easier. It still lets players have a lot of agency over how they allocate those rules. And it ensures that they're all relatively on an even playing field and not one, no one player is like, wow, I rolled really crappy. Or another player is like, wow, I rolled really, really well. And everyone's like, oh, I hate the fact that you rolled well. So I'm still not a fan of rolling for ability scores, even though we did it. But it was fun. And like, it was like the lottery. It was like watching people roll for the lotto. And we all sat and watched people roll in off ready. They would roll their 3d6 down the line. That was the stats they got. And that determined what class they would choose. Because if you had high strength and high con, you're more likely to be a fightery type. If you have high int or whiz, you're like likely to be a spellcaster of some sort. And that's how that ended up, which means you kind of get a random class because of the ability scores that you roll but even in shadow dark and, and if you know I'm, I, I, I think this game is fantastic or i wouldn't be running it but one thing i'll criticize is of course they also in shadow dark have a rule for discounting randomness which is if you don't roll anything higher than a 14 you get to roll again and we had a couple of players that rolled less than the 14 and then they rolled again and they got lots of really high scores so randomness is still a big factor and of course you want to have something this is why you have things like 4d6 drop the lowest and then choose which slot you're going to put it in and as soon as you say to say something like 4d6 drop the lowest and put him in whatever slot you want why not just use a standard array i just the standard array is so much easier and it and it ensures that you're not going to have one player who feels bad that they rolled like crap or everyone feels like crap because they rolled less than the one guy who rolled seven 18s in a row so yeah I, i'm 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 still not a fan but it was fun and we all got a kick out of it. We're all online. We're playing this game online. And we all got a kick out of rolling for, for our ability scores. So, and then, so we went through that. We built, wrote ability scores. We went through character creation. 
I don't think I wrote down fantastic notes for the characters, so we're probably going to do a little bit of a mini like session 0.75 where I go through the characters again so that I can write down their information and 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 get it clear because I I in my notebook I it's my notebook's built for 5e and so I didn't need things like passive perception and passive insight and all that stuff and there's no online character sheet for it although I might say like hey why don't you scan your character sheet and throw it at me so I can just kind of get a, get a view of that what what you've got on the other side. So we went through character creation. That took most of the session. And then I started them off at the tower. So if we're looking, let's see, let's bring up our map here. So I started them off in area 102, right up here in the, the upper part of the map. So this is all, can't get my window right, from the gloaming. The gloaming is part of Cursed Scroll number one, which is a zine, a Shadow Dark zine that is available. I think you can pick it up directly on the Shadow Dark RPG website. You can also, it was also one of the rewards for the Kickstarter, the digital version, and there are physical versions of this coming out as well. And the gloaming is sort of like a haunted forest, witches and cultists, and, you know, sort of a Eurocentric, but kind of gloomy, gloomy forest sort of scenario, which I really kind of dig. I thought it was, I thought it was a good, a good setting. And so I wanted to start it there. So the way that the cursed scrolls work is they have mini campaign settings. So it's got just like a hex crawl and some new unique monsters and new unique factions and then usually like one big dungeon. So it's a, it's not it's a very small campaign setting. It's like 20 pages, very 20 light pages with not a lot of text. Which means it's kind of a framework for a, for a homebrew campaign setting, which I think is really cool. It's a very different approach than my last campaign, which was Scarlet Citadel, which was very, very wordy in how it went, very refined campaign. And this one is, no, you really can do lots of things. So I said, we're going to start them off at the Ruined Tower. And then I rolled for some random sort of stuff in, in my prep, which you can see in the last session, or my last, my last show on this, where we were like, well, what happened? It was like, well, a dwarf was, fell in love with a bandit, and the bandit kind of kidnapped him and brought him to this tower with her bandit friends. And he knew about an old idol that existed underneath this ruined tower, and she wanted to go find it. And the characters were hired by the elder of the local village, Briar, I forget what the name of the village is, 307 down there. And she, so the, the, the elder hired the characters to go and get him back. Like, hey, this guy, he's love struck, but he's basically been kidnapped by these bandits. Go, go get him back. So I jump cut to them at the tower instead of saying like, hey, let's start. And they negotiate with the person about it. And this is, I think, an important, an important tip and something that I think we can do more of is when you, when you have a situation where there really is only one outcome, skip it and jump to the next part where there is a choice. And in this case, like there wasn't any other quest that they were going to get other than go to this tower, rescue our dwarven lovestruck friend from the bandits who kidnapped him. There wasn't going to be I didn't have any other quest available. I could have rolled something and they could have wandered around. But I was like, no, and you could, of course, say like, hey, here are three things. And if there are three options, then you probably want to have a scene where they decide the three options. But I was like, ah, we're just going to have one intro scenario. And that means they started at the tower. And I explained to them, you come to this tower because the elder of this village conscripted you or asked you or hired you to come to this tower to rescue this lovestruck dwarf from the bandits who kidnapped him. And that meant that immediately they were at the next choice, which is how do we get into this tower? And then there were meaningful choices there. They saw that there's a door and they saw that there's a cave. And the door meant that they could try to go up straight to the door and go in or the, the sneaky cave, they could go in the other way. 
And as as happens when you have five or six players, half of them wanted to go one way, half wanted to go the other. And then they kind of, you know, said, well, let's, why not both? Like, we'll do both the door in the cave. And so they, you know, we have a rogi type person who snuck up and listened to a couple of wandering bandits who were kind of watching outside and overheard that, oh yeah, those caves are really dangerous. So they said, okay, well, let's go through the front door. Like, you know, and I was surprised because typically they take the caves. But they said, let's go through the front door. So I said, great. And so they they created a distraction and this is i think fits into the shadow dark ideal very much that they created a distraction by setting fire to some of the woods a ways away so that the bandits would be focused on that and maybe go investigate that and that would give them a chance to get into the tower more easily and that worked they sent the two bandits there were two bandits that were wandering around the outside of the tower and then there was one that's standing at the front door of the tower they told the front door guy they left the, the front door guy stayed there and he was kind of sleepy and not paying a lot of attention but the other guys went and wandered off and went to the fire and then the character snuck up they shot the dude at the door he dies they made their way up to the door they're working at the door and then they hear this huge growl and a dire wolf comes running out of the woods and kills the two guards that went to go investigate the fire because the dire wolf was also lured by the fire and this is where i kind of didn't follow the philosophies of shadow dark i was rolling random encounters as they were taking turns and stuff like that and i was like I think it's time for something more interesting to happen. So I think I rolled and I was like, eh, I think we're going to roll. I'm going to roll an actual encounter. Now, in this case, it wasn't like me being a bad guy because I didn't like sick the dire wolves on the characters. But I'm like, we're going to add a third variable in here. We, we, we have the players and the characters. We have the bandits. That's fine. But it's time for a little bit of chaos. And, and the chaos is a dire wolf that is chewing on the other two bandits, throws one in the air, rips them in half, chases down, kills the other one. And they run up to the door and like, get to open the door, open the door. We got to open the door. We got to open this door. And the dire wolf was like, right. And it's looking around, smells and kind of patting around like, oh my God, that dire wolf's going to come up here. We got to get the hell out of here. Open the door. Open the door, please. I was kidding. Open the door. And... So they, the, so the dire wolf like sees them and starts making its way up. They open the door and run inside and there's two guards in there. And one guard is kind of thrown flat footed and he's like, what? what, who are you guys and what's going on here? And the other bandit's like, who are you? You're like, you know, you, what's going on? And they're like, well, you got to close the door. You got to close the door right now. And he's like, why? And like, there's a dire wolf. He's like, dire wolf. And he wanders outside and he's like standing on the railing is like, you know, and he stares and he sort of loses himself as he's staring at this dire wolf who's coming running up the switchback path that's leading to the front door. And half the characters are like, close the door, close the door, close the door, close the door. Just leave that guy. you will be fine. And then the priest is like, I don't know. I mean, like, is it really a good matter for us to leave this poor soul out there who's going to get eaten by this dire wolf for no other reason than, you know, curiosity and shock? And they're like, close the door, close the door, close the door, close the door. And so they start to close the door and he grabs the guy and pulls him inside just as they close the door. And then they're like fumbling around trying to get the bar in front of the door to make sure dire wolf starts slamming at the door and sticking his big ass tongue underneath the door to try to get to them. And, and the guy like looks around and he looks at the priest and he's like really stern. And the priest is like, you know standing there not doing anything and he just takes the priest and kisses him on both cheeks he's like you saved my life i've been a i'm a bad person i've done bad things but today i'm turning over a new leaf and you know it's just you know he's just like and then so it's like my my parents my mother my mother never really cared for me and i think that that and he just started like pouring his life story 
the story out to the priest and he's like i've done things and they're like that's great can you put these pitons in the door like we need to get these pitons hammered into the cracks of the door and so he's like you know my f- second wife you know and he's like hammering the pitons he's like i i was i was a terrible husband to my second wife i'm gonna as soon as i get out of this i'm gonna talk to her and he's like going through all this stuff and the guys are like whatever you know and they're like i can't believe you totally pulled this guy in and they're like yeah but now he's our friend right like we saved his life and now he's our friend and <laughs> And the other dude, I think the other dude ran off or he, you know, soiled himself. I don't remember what happened to the second guy. Uh, he's still around, though. I don't think he died. And then the characters started making way deeper into the tower and other guards showed up and they're like, oh, yeah, well, no, we're here to join. Like, we're here to join the thing. And they all look at him like, yeah, we don't think so. And that's where the, they rolled a check and it was like a three. And that was where we ended the last session. So we're going to start today by uh going to our new notes so we have a shadow dark rpg the gloaming and we are going to create a new session planning template i'm doing all of my campaign prep here in notion you can find a link to notion in the show notes if you want to learn more about using notion for campaign planning i like it very much i've been using it now for a while 27 august we have the gloaming and we have review the characters and that's empty look at my review the characters is empty an empty page that's bad but i think whoops that's weird why did that why did that happen that's not how that should work we're gonna just whoops i keep going back it's going to the wrong page for one that's that's no good I'll delete that and we are going to i think i have a characters section here yes so i have a characters section so we have bug juice bug juice Bo- buckminster bohan and a dwarf wizard adept Sirowin, an elf priest of the Seekers. I don't know what that means. And we have Daisy, a goblin thief thug. Morrigan Nightweaver, an elf warlock of Shun the Vile, the mother witch who is branded. And Thalos, a dwarven priest healer. So so we have do we have two priests? We have an elf priest and a dwarf priest. I don't remember the dwarf priest doing much. And then we have some party information here, so we can we can keep we can keep information about the party in general. But as you can see, like we just started and we just rolled the characters, so we don't have a lot of information about these. And I'm probably not gonna I mean I, I could probably create pages for each of these characters. The thing is like characters die frequently. So I don't think I'm going to create character pages quite as much. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of see how this goes. I am going to have the players, just for all of our sakes, we'll go through and the players can talk again about their character and just maybe like a one line of backstory recognizing that they could get shot in the throat and killed very, very quickly. So so those are the characters. Let's go back. So one thing we're going to do is modify the template here and we're going to delete that. So now we have a review of the characters and go straight to the characters. Cool. So we now have a link. So we can go characters. We can review the characters. Before I had like a table that dropped in here that went that showed each of the characters. I don't know. I, I may move that. I'm not sure. We'll see. So the strong start are bandits confront the characters. And it may not immediately turn to hostility. I think there were three bandits. And they are... I think I had a name for them. So this is where... Oh, yeah. I think Chris Scroll has a name for them. So if we go to our The Gloaming, we have Outlaw Camps. Greaves Red... So the the Red Thorns. Greaves Red Thorn, an outcast knight of St. Yidris. Greaves is cunning liar, serves the marrow fiend Unduluk, who's only a few moons away from erupting from the marrow tree at the center of the camp. Unduluk needs protection from the knights of St. Yidris for now, and human flesh is the apotheosis. So we're going to have the Red Thorns. Right, these are the red thorn bandits. 
And a secret and clue is the Redthorn serve Greaves Redthorn. So that's cool. So let's see. Bandits confront the characters. Three Redthorn bandits confront the characters. It's a good start. And there's a bandit leader. And I think I think we had done this. Let's see. I'm going to pop up on my notes from last from the last game because I think I had done some stuff here. Recover a hostage taken by Redthorn bandits who kidnapped Danell Cursant, a heartbroken, lawful, poor, middle-aged dwarf. So we're going to paste him in my NPCs. I need to modify this whole thing. So I don't think we're going to bother with like, at least for now, like I don't know that I need tables and whatnot. There's no lazy encounter benchmark. I got a lot of work I got to do on the... So locations, I have the Shattered Tower. But I think what I can do, I think this works. If I go to the Shattered Tower... And I do current now. Whoops. Yep. So now the Shadow Tower showed up under fantastic locations. So that's handy. And I could do the same thing with NPCs. This guy's probably, you know, probably enough. And let's see, of the town. So Warren Bullhelm is the name of the Redthorn guard who held the door. He's the one. So let's see. Mother didn't love him enough. Father was an asshole. Was a bad husband to his second wife saved by X for from a direwolf turning over a new leaf so we've got that now how could this go so who's the leader of the redthorn bandits who's the woman so matilda bauer is the village elder of wardenwood we have a new NPC there. I like when I put my NPC names, I like to give them a little secondary description in the name. Oh, whoops, that's the wrong one. So we're dropping in some NPCs. But one other important NPC is the woman that, who I think is a dwarf herself. I think we figured that out. Redthorn Band is a kid with Daniel Coranda, heartbroken. Daniel is held by a dwarf member of the Brian. And let's see, he is current. I think I deleted the thing that said current NPCs, didn't I? Oh, well, it'll work next time. We need a secondary name for her. We'll go to the, you know, use every tool, right? So we'll go to our name generator here. Dusk chest, that doesn't sound right. Dusk finger, no. Dusk bound, that's not bad. Dusk spear, dusk lover. Yeah. And what is she? She's a, she's not their, not, you know, what is she? She's a bandit captain? Sure. Bandit captain of the ruined tower. She's current. It's ran. Okay. Filling a lot of details here. This is all good. This is how we do it. So let's see. We're going to do a table, table view, edit table view for a new existing database. Yes. And we're going to do the Shadow Dark Gloaming campaign database. Yes. And we want to, so that's fine. We want it to be a list. And we are going to filter on tags. And we want to have NPC and current. And we save for everyone. Oh, no, sorry. So we got to add, let's see, an NPC tag. We want to add a filter, advanced filter, where tags contains NPC and tags contains current. And we can get rid of this one. Delete that filter, save for everyone. And we will do, let's see, layout list, show database title, no. We got that. So, and we don't need to show tags. There we go. So now, I mean, that was a waste of time, but essentially we created a table view so that any of the current NPCs are just automatically listed in the template. That's a little handy thing that we've got. 
a little bit of advanced notion work there. What else do we need? So Red Thorn characters confront the characters, and I can't remember her name already. R-Y-A. So Rayanne wants the characters to delve into the ruins beneath the, the tower to recover the strange idol that, and who's the love-struck dwarf? Danel said was hidden down there. So whatever they do with the bandits, I think she is going to confront them and say, hey, you want your dwarf back? You want him to be safe? Well, he won't feel safe unless he won't feel safe unless you go get the idol and bring it to us. I think a secret might be that Danelle isn't really in love with Rayanne. He was trying to use them to kill off the monsters in the ruins to get the idol. They didn't buy it. They didn't buy it, though. I think that's kind of a fun secret, that he's actually not in love with her. He's like, oh, no, I was just using them to get the idol, too. We're both using each other. We're all using each other to get this idol. That's a really powerful idol. We'll talk about the idol. Take a look at the Shattered Tower here. I think I filled in some stuff. Yeah, so I had, I had like, upper levels and lower levels. I, I don't mind making the lower level of the tower a bigger dungeon. So I think we're going to create a new location. Because now I want to turn it into a dungeon delve. I want to go delve into a dungeon. I want to do like a real honest to God dungeon delve. And so we're going to create a new location. And the tower ruins of X. And X is going to be a faction. We will figure that out. I guess we can look now. Let's, let's figure out the faction. So I think in NPCs, I have a gods of the gloaming. Although there was another, you see, there's a gods and factions of the gloaming. But we just heard about a new one, right? Undeluck. So we have like a cool other faction here. Mark these as current. Undeluck is a, a demon, right? The marrow fiend. That sounds fun. So what would a marrow fiend be? Like a bone devil? Let's see if there's anything more in Curse Scroll. So Undeluck is only mentioned there. That's all we've got about Undeluck. So we, we end up creating information about Undeluck. So what would be the Marrow Fiend is in the Cursed Scroll? So there are Marrow Trees. Marrow Fiend, wolfish hulk of razor bone and sinewy muscle, black marrow tree sap drips from its jaws and the gaps in its bony plating. Sweet. And it is a level eight. <laughs> but I think that's cool. So we're going to grab that. Thank you. Somebody, who is it? Damien said, the Marrow Fiend is in Curse Scroll. Thank you. You saved me some trouble. Perfect. So there's an idol. I think the, the, the ruined tower, this could be fun. Like now, now, we're, now we're cooking with gas. So what we're going to do is it is the, the ruined tower of the Marrow Fiend. So this is no longer just the Shattered Tower. Shattered Tower of Marrow. And I think that cultists so now we have like a plant you know now we have like a good a good story seed going on because the knight of saint yidris red red what's red thorn wants the idol of the marrow fiend because it is like an idol that he can use to help summon the marrow fiend in the center of the woods i think that that's really good we have a new npc the cultists of black marrow could be a group long ago the cult of black marrow worshipped a powerful creature called Undeluck beneath this tower. 
That's cool. And the Green Knights, the predecessors of the Knights of St. Deirdre, sacked the place. That's a great idea. I'm going to, you know what, Damon, first of all, you get a free bingo card, Phil, and I'm going to steal your idea. Green Knights, predecessors of St. Deirdre, sacked the tower and put the marrow cult to the sword and torch. What if they were kind of like fun, shape-shifty sort of creatures like in The Thing? I kind of dig that idea. That's fun. That's cool. Are there shapeshiftery sort of things? An Icar Ooze, level three. Icar Ooze looks fun. I think they might, what if they find, you can grab these whole stat blocks right out of here, I think. On this page, what? 47. Some monsters. Oh, actually, we're going to do this in the tower. The last cultist. I already forgot the page. Page 47. Cool. So there's like a lot of spiders and stuff down here and there's dead knights of St. Idris or dead, dead green knights that are down here and dead cultists of marrow. But one of them is still alive. He's like this half melted thing that they put to the torch and he turns into an Icar ooze, but he could probably tell them some secrets at the same time. That could be fun. I want a map. So go to Dyson's. We go to maps. I want a ruins underneath the tower. This isn't bad, right? The first map, first map he has here. I think it's pretty good. It's a big dungeon though. Is it too big? I don't know. I kind of like it. All right. It's got like these tower cellars and then these natural caves and that's where, yeah, I like it. So we're going to grab this map. I'll grab the URL just so I have all the maps if I want them. And we're going to have the ruins of Marrow. And we're going to paste this map in here. Copy image. Let's see, that's, the, the maps are always really big. So we're going to save this map image to my desktop. And we are going to convert it to a JPEG because the pings. Dyson does something to compress these a lot, but that compression sometimes makes them not work particularly well. File, export to JPEG. And we'll do it to desktop. And as a JPEG, I think it's really big. It is 9,600 resolution and 15 megabytes in size. That's pretty big, but whatever. I don't think I'm paying for bandwidth. Bam, paying for storage size. So we will upload and we will grab this guy. Yeah, see, it went just fine. It's only 15 megabytes. That's nothing these days. And so now we're going to take some of those creatures that we had put because we have the tower ruins. And we're going to put these down here instead. And it's a really straight dungeon. So we could also roll randomly on the dungeon delving area. But I think we want to have some locations here. We're going to start in the upper left and go counterclockwise, I think. Upper left counterclockwise. So the first chamber is a decrepit cellar. I can't spell decrepit. That second chamber probably has murdered cultists. Hey, my mom is here. Hi, mom. We're just talking about murdered cultists. That third chamber, so third chamber from the upper left, down south that would be what what would, so what is this place let's start let's 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 factor back let's pull back the aperture a little bit and think about this whole thing so what is this whole thing so it's hidden cellars that were buried beneath this tower they're hundreds of years old they the tower up above was probably considered like a respectable place like a watchtower that helped protect the neighboring villages and stuff like that and it had cellars and it had a couple of cellars that were like old storerooms the murdered cultists are in a you know further old store looted looted storeroom and but there was also this secret cult to this demon this demon dude down here so that 
third chamber that's got like the little elevated platform in the sunken room, what would that be? You know, more storerooms are boring. What else might be like both either something you would have down beneath a tower, but also the the, the initial the initial chambers of this underground temple. Uh, you could have a preparation room. It's not really, this place wouldn't be that sacrificial chamber. What would it be? We'll call it preparation room. And let's see, we can get rid of this and we have inhabitants. So we have the preparation room. Then that main chamber, if we're starting down left and kind of working our way, that, that main chamber is the central underground chamber of worship. And that's where like a high priesthood and there's probably a mound of dead bodies. Some of the bodies, here's a fun secret, seem to live far longer than they should have. That's probably a secret as well. So that's that main chamber there. Then there's like fetid water, oily water runoff from the bodies. Ew. No slimy stuff though. Then that lower left chamber is probably like an archway, shattered archway of the Marrow Lord. Then we have that that central room is the high uh, high priest chamber, and then the high priest's audience chamber, and then we're getting down to that lower left corner, and that's probably like an entry. Oh, oh that could be the ankeg. Is it ankegs that we have down here? Ettercaps, ettercaps, ettercap layer, and then that big well-looking thing, well of marrow. That's cool. Then we have a couple of chambers back here. These probably are like sacrificial prison cells. And then that upper, that upper could be like a spider layer. So that's probably good enough, right? We're, we're hammering it out here, but that, that probably fills it out quite a bit. And that, that, that is a fun thing. And this, so the goal, right? We have a location. We have location descriptions. We have inhabitants. I already used these eight goblins up. Like there are goblins that are there. We don't need the bandits. There's edder caps and spiders. And we have an Icarus. The rest of them, I think, we'll roll for. We'll we'll use the like the random tables because it's like a pretty traditional dungeony kind of place. So we'll do that. So we've got our location. We've got inhabitants. We're gonna roll randomly. The hook. So I need to strengthen the hook. The idol of Black Marrow is very valuable and potentially very dangerous. Greaves, Redthorn sent. Rayanne to recover the idol. Rayanne found out that Danelle knew where the idol was down in the tower, the tower ruins of Marrow. She had hoped to send the dwarf to recover it. He hoped to send the bandits to recover it. Any other important secrets here? I, we could probably throw in the Green Knight to Knight of St. Yidrith stuff. I can't remember where that is. Yeah, let's see. This is fun. I need my little thing that gets rid of carriage returns. The name of that place is Meyer, the Meyer Castle Ruins. So we got another secret. I think we're pretty good. I think we're good on secrets. I think we're all set. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One more secret. Let's let's hammer out one more secret. What changed the knights? I guess we can do the secret of the knights. It's a class. This was in the session zero, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and put it as a secret as well. Because that works. So scenes, I don't really need to worry about scenes. I got my strong start. I know where that's gonna end. Facing the bandits. Negotiate 
with rain delve into the what do we call them tower ruins of marrow recover the idol of black marrow so that's a nice good goal in our locations here we can make the tower ruins current and there we go so i think i have enough to run my game today i don't have treasure we'll roll for treasure but the idol will be a high value treasure we'll worry about that later Friends, we are all set. I want to thank all of you for hanging out with me this morning while I prepared for my Shadow Dark role-playing game. If you enjoyed this show and you want more stuff like this, the best way to find the other things that I do is to subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You can find a link in the show notes. Subscribers get a free weekly RPG-related email sent directly to your inbox. Or, uh, and in addition, you get an Adventure Generator PDF. It's all absolutely free to sign up. You can also check out my books at the Sly Flourish bookstore, and you can join my Patreon. Uh, and get access to all kinds of exclusive features and access to all kinds of different things. You can find all of those in the show notes. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. Have a great day and get out there and play an RPG.